Hi, and welcome to our service. If you're new here, you may be wondering who we are and what this church is all about. Well, the heart of the matter is this. We're a group of people doing our best to love God and love those around us. One of the ways we express this love is through worship, because our God is truly amazing. He created everything, great and small, and His love for us is incredible, powerful, and completely unconditional. We also spend time looking into His Word, the Bible, and receive practical teaching to guide us along His path in our everyday lives. But it doesn't end when the service is over. Throughout the week, we gather in groups to serve, pray, reach out to our community, and sometimes just to hang out and have fun. Life is full of challenges, and none of us are perfect. But we believe that's one of the reasons God has brought us together. We're all here to help and support each other through each step of life's journey, because nobody should have to travel alone. So thanks for joining us today. No matter who you are, we want you to know you are welcome. Good morning, Grace. It's good to see you. And uh, if you're visiting with us this morning uh, here at Grace, we're thrilled you're here to be a part of our service and to witness really what the Lord's doing in the lives of people. And that's that's the truth. I mean, we witness what the Lord's doing in the lives of the worship team that leads us today and how he's led them. And then we have an opportunity to to hear from one of our missionary, missionaries today, Mark Irwin, and what the Lord's doing in their life and their ministry. Uh, one of the unique uh, privileges we have here at Grace is to meet our missionaries and um, face-to-face and to be able to interact with them. And we are truly thankful that Mark and Cindy and their daughter Hannah is with us uh, today. And um, so you'll be hearing from them uh, after a while. This morning, it's also a special time for us to reg- re- recognize our graduating uh, high school seniors and um, Chris Laughlin, who is one of uh, the youth leaders, will be introducing us to those who are hopefully graduating, because I don't think the ceremonies have taken place yet. <laughs> so, um, But hopefully you will graduate. I know you'll receive something from us today, and hopefully you'll receive a diploma from your high school soon. I was thinking this week about the high school seniors, and um, there are a lot of things that, that came to my mind in terms of what I would kind of like to challenge them with, and um, I just was drawn to John 17 and the prayer that the Lord had for his disciples and all of those that would come after uh, who know the Lord, and so... I just want to read this. Um, It's to our high school seniors, but obviously it's for all of us. And I'd like you to stand as we turn and read from John 17, beginning in verse uh, 13. And this is in the context of Jesus' high priestly prayer. And we're in the section where he is praying specifically for his disciples, but for all those who would be his, as you'll see as I read. So, this is for you graduating seniors. I hope you'll um, mark these verses. 
But now I come to you, meaning the Father, and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. Jesus says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They, meaning the disciples, are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them or set them apart in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Forty years ago, at this time, I was graduating from high school. It's hard to believe. That's a couple of minutes ago. Forty years. I do not remember the charge that my pastor gave to all of us who are graduating. But this one thing I do know, that he read from God's Word, and that he taught from God's Word, and that he preached from God's Word. So when I walked away that day, and every other day that I walked out of that church, and walked back into that church, I was always assured that the one who stood behind the pulpit would open the Word of God. As you graduating seniors enter a new phase of life, one of the things you'll decide is where you go to church. Um, That needs to be a place that values the Word of God. And I want to challenge you with that, that the central focus of the church you attend we hope it's here, but if you move on to someplace else at some point, make sure the gospel of Jesus Christ and the word of God are honored in the context and the original audience is acknowledged so that you have a better understanding of what God had in mind for those that um, were original readers and for what God has in mind for us. And so I just want to challenge you with that. I pray for you. Um, I love you. I've got to spend some time with these high school kids lately. And um, I think they probably view me as an old man, but that's okay. I love them. They're, they're like my grandchildren. <laughs> I guess they really kind of are. So um, I just thank you so much for um, the opportunity to be around you and to fellowship with you. And I want to pray uh, for you guys right now. So let's bow together. Father, all of us who are older, who made it through high school um, and then took different roads of which you know, uh, we all have stories. Um, These stories are filled with with our lives and 
what's transpired since the day we walked across that stage to receive a diploma from high school graduation. And I mean, the stories in this room alone would fill hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. I believe a lot of those hours would be filled with conversation about your faithfulness and how you worked all along the way. Because this morning, as every morning, you are the only one deserving of honor and glory and praise. I pray for these students that graduate this year. Father, that you would um, impress upon their hearts the importance of allowing you to guide their steps. That they would always find comfort in your word. That they would always know, Lord, that you indeed love them. And while the world is truly spinning out of control in many ways... Lord, you're constant. You never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all of us in this room, along with these graduates, can lean on you and depend on you. You are trustworthy. As your word says, you, you don't take time out. You never sleep and you never slumber. You're fully acquainted with all our ways. I pray, Father, that you would help these students to be wholly dependent on you as they venture into a new arena of life. May the service this morning, Father, honor you, and may we worship in spirit and in truth. And all this I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who alone is Savior. Amen.
Well, good morning. If you're like me and you, and you heard that music, I just wanted to skip up here, kind of go off footloose, but I did not. I was afraid I'd fall. Um, we, we do want to take this time today and, and recognize some folks, but Thad, I appreciate the opportunity. He asked me to come up here today and do this introduction. I was a little nervous because if you've been watching the news, you've been seeing people go on stage and being attacked, slapped, and I thought, well, Thad's got some sinister plan, and I'm fixing to be attacked. So immediately, as you can imagine, my thought was, where is Cindy DeArmond? And I don't know where she is. We're over there. Okay. She's on the end row. That's great. She can get out quick. She is feisty and she's fast, um, like a jackrabbit on steroids is what Ed describes her. So, Ed, I'm asking you, I'm not looking that way, so keep an eye out for me and use that universal signal, you know, yell out, run, and I can get out, okay? So, Thad, thanks for the opportunity. Um, before, before we recognize our students, I need to introduce the folks that make it happen, our leaders and our interns, so that way when you're looking at these students and you think, what happened to them? You'll know, okay? You'll, you'll know who to blame. So let me introduce, if they're looking and listening, first, Amanda Laughlin. That's my lovely wife. Let's give her a round of applause. She has to put up with me. That's a tough job. Next is Corey and Megan Cooper. Round of applause. This, this is really the only opportunity for them to get applause, so let's really, let's really bring it. Next is Daryl and Joelle and Ingram. They deserve applause too. They, this, this couple is the most normal, if you can say that, of all of us, so they, you know, kudos to them. Next is Savannah Laughlin. Big round of applause. I hear she has an awesome dad, so let's recognize that. Then we have Lane Cockendall. Round of applause. We just want to applaud that you did not trip. We were afraid you were going to trip. And last but not least, we have Mr. Andrew Blunt. Round of applause for him. Today marks the, like, I think it's been a month, and he finally brushed his teeth. So we're so thankful for that. Oh, no, you didn't? Oh, that's okay. That's okay. They're a long way away. All right, so we want to bring up, we have six graduating seniors. And for those seniors, we've got a little present. It is a Bible, a study Bible, and we would encourage you guys. I don't, there's a lot of faces. I'm pretty sure you're not one of our, our graduating seniors, but I see a few folks. Well, you're a senior, but, you know. I see, I don't know where you all are, but what we'd ask that you do is you come up here, take that Bible, and then when you get home, um, use that Bible. That Bible is, we would encourage you to use it daily, be in the Word, and just continue to grow spiritually, okay? So first up, first up, we've got a slideshow to show some folks. First is Miss Trinity. Trinity, if you'll come up. Trinity A is what I call her. Where is Trinity? Yes. And the reason I call, anytime I see four consonants in a row, it throws me off, and I think it's kind of illegal. So Trinity, pronounce your name for everybody. Andrew Jeske. Kazuntai, Kazuntai. No, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought you had allergies. Andrew Jetsky. It's, it's a lovely name, lovely name. And tr Trinity is, if you'll go to the next slide, graduate of Trustful, yes. And she is going to UAB to pursue a degree in psychology. So Trinity, what I wanted to pre present to you today is when you graduate, come see me. I think I can be your first case study. I bring a lot to the table. We can make lots of money together, okay? All right. Keep it up. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I, cannot, I still can't pronounce your name, so I'm just going to say Jetski because they're fun and cool, yeah. and I think that you are too. Okay? Thank you. 
so if you will. Next is, who do we have? Samuel Barber. Look at him. He still wears that Spider-Man suit today. <laughs> he does. Samuel Barber. Yeah. Is a fine young man. He's been with us since seventh grade. Came in. Yes, am I thinking right? Okay. I've been trying to forget, but I thought that was right. So Samuel, what, I made a couple of notes with you. And, and, I, and as I think about you, I just, I couldn't help but think, That we're going to miss you, for one. I'm not, but somebody will. Sa- Samuel, Samuel, there's, there's times that he's come through, and he's put up with a lot. He's, he's got a younger brother here, Nathan, that I'm looking forward to torturing next. Um, Samuel, we've seen him, and his name's Barbara. We've seen him with a regular haircut, with a shaved head, all kind of stuff. He, he is he's a good guy that I'm, I'm frankly going to miss a lot. I, he t- and I text a bunch of do you want to tell the folks what we text about mostly? Can you think about it? Is it rubbing my feet? Yeah. Rubbing my feet? And he doesn't he want to say it, but it's okay. You can rub my feet. He still hasn't done it. We're going to miss, we're going to miss Sam. I, he and I are pretty close. I think he's a good guy. He graduated from Springville, going to go and pursue a career in mechanical engineering. I hear that you're going to start at Jeff State maybe and transfer to UAB. That's the exact path I took to go to mechanical engineering. I always knew that you wanted to you know, following my footsteps, you looked up to me. I don't blame you. I think you're setting the bar too high if you're trying to be like me, but that's okay. You, Samuel, if you will, go get you a Bible and get in line. Next, we have... Sam, Sam, don't leave this stage. Righteous. My word. Of all the students, of all the years we've been here, and I've, I've had the privilege of seeing a lot of students come through. Sam... He's one of them. That's really about a nice thing I say about the guy. Madeline Brasher. Madeline the Brash. She is, she is a brash young lady. Brasher. <laughs> Tremendous young lady. Tremendous young lady. She's been with us a, this full year. You started about this time. First year. First year. So she has, been, she has been faithful to be here on Wednesdays and Sundays. She has been a tremendous joy. And, and I... I'm not going to say anything remotely negative or embarrassing about her because she threatened me physically. So I'm not, I'm not going to do it. So, Madeline, if you will, grab you a Bible. Oh, I'm so sorry. We've got to talk about what Madeline's going to do. She, is, she graduated from Trustful, and she's going to attend uh, University of West Alabama to study something very complicated, integrated marketing communications. That sounds way too sophisticated for me. Good luck. Next, we have Audrey Dolan. Many people don't know this, but Audrey Dolan, the doll Dolan. She likes to be called the doll, if I remember right. Is that, is that right? You like to be called the No? Okay, so I'm starting a rumor, and that's okay. I have the mic. I'm allowed to do that. Audrey Dolan, she, again, she's like Samuel. She's been here since seventh grade, came through. And, and, and she's brought a lot to the table. I would recognize that. I, like I say, she likes to be called doll. She also, um, her motto has always been, set the bar extremely low and you won't always fail. And she did not fail. She has passed, if, as I understand. Um, I, I will say this. Time has flown by since seventh grade. And, and I, I think we all would agree that it's hard to believe that you're graduating. Not, not because time flies. We just did not think you were going to pass. <laughs> but she did, folks. Well, as far as we know. And then so when she leaves, she, she graduated from Crossroads Christian. 
She also, oh, she's going to study psychology. So go see Miss Jetski, and we may cut you in that book deal, okay? Have your Bible. Read that Bible. Next, we have Miss Ana de la Pena. That just rolls off the tongue, folks. De la Pena. Everybody say it with me. De la Pena. So nice. When, when Thad's up here teaching next time and you start to nod off, which I understand, listen, just start saying to yourself, De la Pena. It's going to make you happy, make, wakes you up. Ana is our exchange student from Spain. When we shared this with Buddy Seal, he said, you mean Spain, Florida? I said, no, no. And I said, it's a whole other country, another continent across the ocean. He said, you mean like Texas? I'm like, no, buddy, no. She is from Spain. She is here. She's been, she spent her senior year here going to Springville High School, where she graduated. We'll get her, I guess, how, how that works. But, you know, she, she graduated from there as far as I'm concerned. Um, her and my daughter, Hope, have gotten to be really good friends. Anna spent a lot of time in our house, so we have a very good connection with her. She means a lot to us. We're going to miss her tremendously. So, Anna, we wish you the best. And last, and certainly least, um, did I say that right? Yes, I did, is Harrison Cockendall. Oh, my goodness. Y'all got to keep me up. I forget to tell what Anna's going to do, which was be a coach and make fun of kids. I would never do that. I forgot to tell you. Where did Harrison? Oh, my word. Oh, my word. You scared me. Harrison, folks, I think, I think it's, we just want to recognize him today because I remember when you came in, seventh grade, seventh grade. He was about this tall, about as tall as that stool. And look at him now. He came in, and I remember that very fondly. And today, as we send you off, I, I, I will remember this day fondly because we get to kick you out. So I'm excited. I'm tr- it brings me lots of joy to do this. Um, Harrison, Harrison has uh, been our Billy Joel, our piano man in the music ministry. He's done a fantastic job. We're going to miss you tremendously. They will. Um, but we are thankful for him. And uh, if, if you don't know this about Harrison, he has something very in common with Thad, which he loves to be hugged, right? Yes. <laughs> loves it. I'm talking about big time. So any of you that want to see him after, give him a big old bear hug. Thad said he's going to do it. No? Okay. Well, I thought I'd try. All right. Harrison, if you will. We're going to miss you, buddy. We're, we're going to miss each and every one of these students. I, I made, oh. Crossroads Christian, I forget. I just, I, I get so excited about making fun of you, I forget to notice that. Notice this. Computer science, the guy, listen, we need nerds, okay? Nothing wrong with that. Glad you're going to be one of them. So, folks, this is our six students. We're excited to send them on to their next stage, the college and career. We are going to miss each and every one of them. Wish them the best. And uh, B. Nichols, who's one of the leaders of the College of Career, we've asked him to pray for these students. So if you will, join us in that prayer. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dearly Father, we are just so grateful this morning for this group of, of young people, Lord. And we're grateful that you've led them to this point, Lord, that you've protected them. Uh, and through your sovereignty, Lord, you've just laid out the path for their lives, Lord, and as they turn the chapter and go to this next stage, Lord, we just pray that you would protect them. I've never been a generation, Lord, uh, that's been under such attack 
uh, ideologically, spiritually, Lord. Uh, I'm sure there's been generations with harder times, but never this level of pressure, Lord, to conform. And uh, we know that your word tells us not to conform. It tells us to conform to you. So we pray, Lord, that you would sanctify these people, Lord. Sanctify them as they go out into the world, as they turn that chapter, Lord, as they take the next step. Pray that you'd uh, just really infuse in them, Lord, a sense that, and just the truth of it, Lord, that uh, they wouldn't fall into the trap of isolation that's so common these days, Lord, that they would realize the, the vital importance of fellowship and relationship, first with you, solely with you, Lord, but then also with believers, Lord. I pray that wherever they go, wherever they end up, Lord, whether they're on the mountaintops or in the valleys or if they're, you know, on the seashore, wherever they end up in life, Lord, that, uh, uh, that they would find a body of believers, Lord, that would encircle them, uh, Lord, that would nurture them, that would help them to grow, uh, and that they wouldn't end up shriveling spiritually, Lord, because we know that's what happens if we're apart from our fellow believers, Lord. We know we shrivel spiritually. We we, we, we curl up and die, Lord, spiritually. And so we pray for them. I pray that you'd guide them. pray that you'd protect them. All that's been said, Lord, uh, everything that's been said, the scripture that was read was perfect from John, Lord. Pray that prayer for them. pray that you'd be with them. pray that you continue to guide them. And just uh, thank you for allowing them to be a part of our fellowship for these many years. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Why don't you guys stand up with me and uh, let's get ready to sing to the Lord this morning. I wanted to read something um, from Psalm 104. And uh, as I read these verses, um, I think it sparks a great question, not only for seniors, but for every single one of us um, who are here this morning. The psalmist writes, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. And I think the the question that comes to my mind as I read that is, who am I singing my song to? What makes me rejoice? I think it's something we can think about this morning as we turn our attention to the Lord. In Christ alone. Is found. He is my light, my strength, my soul. This cornerstone is solid ground. Firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are still, when striving. I all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless faith, this gift of love and righteousness. Torn by the ones he came to save Till on that cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin it was 
I just want to encourage y'all to think about the words. Okay, they're simple. There's not many words to it. All right, but the message of the song is one that, while it's wonderful, it can be really convicting because do we really want it? So as you sing this, okay, think about your life, especially you seniors. Okay, this day's for you, and think about is this the story of my life? Is this really what I want in my life? Okay, and we pray that it is. We pray that it is. Oh, well, 
service uh, this morning I was talking with Mark and Cindy and their daughter Hannah about how long it's been that we've known each other and Mark said you know I, I was about Hannah's age when I first met you well I've learned a few things in life so I did not ask her how old she was They are here today because in the States, their son is getting married. And it's a rare opportunity for us to have them with us, especially in light of the things that are going on in the world. When I first met Mark and Cindy, they were involved in a radio ministry in Ecuador. And they spoke fluent Spanish, which is what you would expect if you were going to be on the radio. And then I heard that they were going to Russia a whole different language group. And you know, some people in life are just blessed with the ability to learn languages. I am not one of them. I know English in, I never could learn Pig Latin. Uh, But I asked Cindy this morning, how many languages do you know? And she said, well, we've had to learn five. Five languages. They live in Germany right now, so they have to know German. And their ministry is to Persian people. That means Iran and Afghanistan, uh, people who speak Farsi. They've had to learn that language. And uh, they learned Russian. They were in Russia for a while. And uh, that's really helpful now because they have a lot of Ukrainian refugees that are coming into Germany for placement. And I don't know if you know it or not, but 
most Ukrainians can speak Russian or understand it at least. It doesn't go the other way around though. The Russians don't understand the Ukrainian language. Anyway, uh, I've taken up enough time, Mark, and I want to hear what you have to say for us today. So come on up. Thank you, Steve, and good morning. It's really good to be back in my old neck of the woods. Grew up, uh, yeah, in Birmingham, born and raised in Birmingham. And my parents were actually living in a city that doesn't exist anymore. It does, but it doesn't. It's called Akmar. Anybody know where Akmar is? Yeah. So, I mean, the coal mine done run out and all that, and the Bartolaben family done run off and all of that, but hey, uh, it, the place still exists. Congratulations to all the seniors again this morning. I'm here today as an example that you can truly graduate from high school, no matter how difficult it might be, and your teachers wish you would just quit and leave. Uh, actually, one of my teachers is here today, so I've got to be careful what I say because she's sitting right here in front of me, and she does have something she can toss this way if I get out of line. So, Judy, I'm really glad that you're with us today. Uh, I'm here today, too, because of people like Judy who invested in me personally. The Lord called me literally 48 years ago on the back seat of the church right out behind the airport where my daddy was a preacher and somehow I drifted during one of his messages, and God got a hold of me at that moment and called me to preach, I want you to serve me, he said. And I went to school that week at Alliance Christian School, and I told my teachers, and I told Judy, and she was one of the first people to confirm to me that God had indeed called me to minister. And she took me with a group of other young people and we began to study the word of God together and that was the beginning really uh, of my ministry 48 years ago do you remember that group I think we studied first John or John one of the Johns first John ask Addison yeah he taught it as well So I'm really privileged. I'm privileged to have people who have invested in my life that have uh, challenged me and pushed me and blessed me and prayed for me. And I pray for you seniors this morning. I I thought the verse from uh, Proverbs 3 verses were really apropos and fantastic. Those have been uh, foundations in my life. Uh, for growing and knowing God. I want to recommend a book to you that is an, a, an ancient book. It was written in the previous century by a pastor who no longer is with us, but he is with the Lord. His name is A.W. Tozer. And it is the pursuit of God. I went from Birmingham the week that Elvis died. I went on I-65 to Chicago and the Moody Bible Institute, and that's where I first heard of Tozer. And he wrote The Pursuit of God, and I have been recommending this book ever since I first came across it. 
because that's my desire for every one of you, seniors or senior citizens or whatever. Keep pursuing God. If you seek him, the scriptures say, you will find him. If you knock, the door will be opened. If you call out to him, he will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you cannot even begin to imagine. And seniors, I guarantee you, you cannot imagine what God has in store for you. And senior citizens and all in between. I'm reading today and uh, sharing today about our ministry in Germany. Thank you, Steve. Uh, we uh, yeah, have also been privileged to move around a little bit. Ten international moves in the last 35 years. That's hard on Cindy. And it's getting harder and harder on me, too. Uh, by the way, I also want to give greetings from my brother John and his wife Janice. For those of you who remember them, they're up in Asheville, and they covet your prayers. So in these 35 years, I've been reminded of ministry with Cindy. We're married 39 years, and we have been challenged by many different passages of Scripture. I want to share with you from Colossians chapter 1. Dave, thank you for the, the worship this morning all about Jesus. Give me Jesus. That's our message. We work with people from Iran and Afghanistan who've left their countries, their homes, their families. They've come to Germany not just looking for a better life, but they're looking for any life at all. They're totally disgusted with their political system, with their social system. They're disgusted with their religious system. They're uh, totally disappointed that when they were born, somebody put a stamp on their identity card that says Muslim. They had no choice. They were born into it. And as they grew up, they didn't like it. We're surrounded by people like this. We'll share some about that this morning. I'm starting at the end of verse 25. It pertains to me. Most of the verse, actually. I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. For what reason? To make the word of God fully known. I'm so glad and so appreciative that people like Judy and others Help to make the word of God fully known to me. And this is our goal and what we do is to make the word of God fully known elsewhere. It's the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Seniors... If there is one thing that can really change your life, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God himself dwelling inside human beings. Mind-boggling, mind-blowing that the God of this universe chooses and desires and longs to dwell inside of you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, we are the temple of God. The temple 
of the Holy Spirit, and he dwells in us. Jesus talked again and again and again about abiding, God abiding in us, setting up his tent in us, and we abiding in him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And here we come. This is what it's all about for us. Him we proclaim. Warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Graduating is only the beginning. You may think it's the end. It's only the beginning to the next step, isn't it? God wants us to keep on keeping on. He wants us to keep on maturing, growing. This is one of our key points when we preach and teach and make disciples. It's keep growing. Right now, this year, I should say, we've been going through a series of signs of a healthy Christian. Because a lot of times, the people with whom we work, they come and they say, I just want to be baptized. That's their concept of being a Christian. I want to get wet. We say it's a whole lot more than just getting wet. Baptism is obedience, but it's not the same as being a Christian. Jesus said, do it, and we do it, but it's not the same as being a Christian. There are lots of different signs that indicate that someone is a healthy, maturing, growing Christian. And so, today, in Gießen, Germany, in the Persian church of the Free Evangelical Church there, The healthy sign was endurance in persecution and tribulation and in trials. Endurance, perseverance, not giving up. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. This word toil, in the Arabic, I don't speak Arabic, but much of Farsi it actually comes from the Arabic. Sometimes the same words, sometimes with the same meaning, sometimes the same word, but with a different meaning. This word toil, you'll never guess what it is. It's a word you may not like, and we all know it in a very negative context in our world today. It is jihad. That's what this word is, the struggle. Now, it's, You hear jihad, you think something Islamic, Muslim, extremist. You don't like that. But it's just a struggle. Paul struggles. You know his struggles. We have a lot of these struggles. When you work in different cultures and you work in different languages, we get asked all the time, how many languages do you speak? And anymore, I'm just going to say, you know, we are absolutely totally qualified to be confused in five different languages at the same time. That's part of our struggle. Some people say, man, I'm only confused in one language. So they really admire my confusion. But this is, that's probably the least of our struggles, but it is a struggle when you're working with people from all kinds of different uh, uh, cultures. Cindy and I have been now for the last seven years in uh, Germany, We work with a local church there. Our mission is called Paraclete. Paraclete mission group means 
our staff come alongside organizations, we come alongside churches, we come alongside individuals, ministries, you name it, and we help them to achieve their goals. And in this particular case, in the Free Evangelical Church of Gießen, Germany, a very good biblical church, and with tremendous outreach to the international community in Gießen, especially, but throughout Germany, we have the opportunity to reach the Gentiles. Of course, we're Gentiles. And we're reaching especially the Gentiles, uh, people coming from uh, the Middle East, people coming from Iraq and Iran and from Syria, uh, sometimes from Jordan, sometimes uh, from Northern Africa, uh, sometimes from Eastern Africa, sometimes from Western Africa, Central Asia, and other parts of the world, seeking asylum, refuge in Germany. And you know, back in 2014 and 15, over a million refugees came to Europe. In fact, to, to Germany alone, more than 850,000. It was an onslaught, but it was also an opportunity. God was working in our lives. He's been working in our lives since the, the late 1990s. Telling us, now move from radio into personal one-on-one ministry. Before, I would teach and preach and uh, reach through Christian radio from Quito, Ecuador, around the world in English, and then in Spanish throughout Ecuador and Latin America. But God was calling. Who ever thought in the mid-1990s that we would have this refugee crisis back in the uh, mid-2010s? Whoever thought that we would be sent to Ukraine before that, learn Russian, and then go to Moscow for seven years, and then eventually go back to Ukraine for two years to learn Farsi, to then end up in Germany to reach Iranians and Afghans pouring into Germany, especially into the little town of Gießen. I was talking with someone last night, the fellow that picked us up at the airport. He says, where do you live in Germany? I said, well, we live in north of Frankfurt in Gießen. Oh, Gießen. He said, my dad was stationed there. It was a military base, U.S. military base after World War II. And about, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, the Americans left the base, turned it back over to the German government. And the German government then uses it to house refugees. And there are thousands there from all over the world. I know some people will get really upset and say, ah, immigrants, illegals. I look at it and I say, wow, opportunity. What does it say here? Him we proclaim. What do we proclaim? We proclaim what Paul proclaimed in this same chapter, chapter 1 of Colossians, Jesus, the image of the invisible God, firstborn of all creation, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth, everything you can see, everything you can't hear, I proclaim Jesus. This is always the message of Paul. You know, had Paul had a ch- chance when he was Saul, he might have tried to kill Jesus because he surely tried to kill Jesus' followers. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He, Jesus, be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. 
and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Paul loves all. He loves to say all because he always says all. He is emphatic in saying there is nothing, there is no one greater than Jesus. Islam says Jesus was a great prophet, higher than all other human beings, but Muhammad was the greatest of all. Paul says, uh-uh. Jesus is above everything and everyone, and there is no exception. No ands, ifs, or buts. God was pleased, excuse me, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. All the fullness of God. Last year in our Persian church, we went through the Gospel of John. It took about eight months. Every week we had one single question to answer because John is really focusing on one question. Who is Jesus? Over a hundred times in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, God is my Father. If I say, this man is my Father, then who am I in relation to him? I'm his son. A hundred times. And some say, well, Jesus never really said he was God's son. Ha! Just read the Gospel of John. And our Persians in our church really get it. Oh, they get this stuff. I never knew how Middle Eastern the Bible really is until I started working with Persians. They get this? This is so them? And I think, how do we even understand in the West? But praise God, we can. But to them, it's like, yeah, it's right there. All this stuff, all the Jewish stuff, everything you see, yeah, yeah. You know, if you read the Old Testament, you can have a really good picture of modern-day Afghanistan. I guarantee you. Now, if my wife were here preaching this morning, she would say, and one more book to recommend, and that is especially for women, but it works across, uh, across the board, a book entitled Land, The Land of Blue Burkas. I highly recommend this book. I read it as well. It gives so much insight into Afghan, Afghan culture and how to minister to people from Afghan background. We were in Joplin, Missouri, uh, was it two weeks ago? A week ago? A little over a week ago. And we met with uh, friends from seminary days and they're in a church there. And in their community, the government has placed 23 Afghan families as refugees. Again, you could sit on the side and say, oh, them, them immigrants. Or you could say, wow, here's an opportunity. And they're presenting the gospel to them when they have that opportunity. They're showing love and compassion and help. And that opens doors all the time. They proclaim Jesus. Our goal is to, to proclaim Jesus. We start out, we go to this camp, this uh, former military base. It's a camp, we just call it U.S. Camp. Everybody calls it that, or the U.S. Depot. 
and we invite them to what we call Cafe Hope. Cafe Hope is uh, an outreach ministry that starts with German language, German as uh, second language, or in their case, often it's third, fourth, or fifth language because they speak so many languages when they come to us. From Africa, they would speak maybe French and Swahili. Maybe they would speak uh, Eritrean or you name it. There's just, there's so many. Or Arabic and maybe English. Uh, from the Middle East, they're speaking Arabic and English and some others. From uh, Pakistan, when they come, they're speaking Pashto or uh, uh, Urdu, uh, maybe Farsi or Dari. All these different languages. And then they learn German. And it is not easy to learn. We learn Russian. That is definitely hard. It's almost language hell to learn. German is not so easy. D, der, das. It's really tough. All the articles. We're so, so, so fortunate that in English we just have the and a or a. <laughs> By the way, our teachers there tell us that English is just a really bad uh, version of German. And they're pretty right. That's pretty much what it is. Somebody just got tired of all those rules of grammar. Sorry about this. I mean, English is a whole lot easier. She was my English teacher. That's why I talk so good. (laughs) But uh, we teach German. And people come. People come. And they love it. And when they do come, well, there's, there's Miss Inga. Miss Inga will really get you straight when it comes to Dider Das, all your articles. Uh, but we have great opportunity to meet with them. We have coffee with them. We talk with them. We learn their stories. Yeah, we met with a young woman in Arkansas just yesterday, or day before yesterday, and she saying, you guys ought to write a book, Mark, all your stories, all the things you've experienced. But, you know, it's, it's really their stories that we've learned and that we tell. And it's God's story. We refer to the acts of the apostles. It's really the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. It's, it's the stories that the Holy Spirit writes for us and through us. This is purposefully a dark picture because... Uh, when they come to our Coffee Hope, then we're able not only to make friends with them, but we can invite them. In this case, uh, to, uh, in this particular room, we have not only a Persian Bible study on Fridays, uh, every two weeks right after this Bible study, we have a, an Arabic Bible study. So we have a Farsi group. This is a small group, but uh, I teach every Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock for two hours, learning what does the Bible say. What does it mean to be a Christian? It's a basic discipleship course that probably takes about three years to do. It's pretty complicated. Then on Sundays, we meet for fellowship in our church. This is in the, again, the Free Evangelical Church, one of their rooms. And you see the big cross there. It's the the focus of all that we preach. And there are so, so, so many stories, but probably this family best sums up what God has done and is doing in uh, the Persian church. This is, uh, now Brent, I don't know if, uh, where'd Brent go? Brent, 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 right there. Uh, You do such a good job at praying for our friends. 
You can write this name down too. There's quite a few names here. We just wrote about them recently in one of our letters, which, by the way, if you would like to sign up and, and just keep up with what God is doing uh, th- through this ministry at our table in the foyer, you can sign up for that, and we'll be glad to s- uh, include you on the mailing list. It's just we just send out a letter every few months. Here's Amir on the left. His wife is Layla on the far right next to me holding the baby, Avina, or Avina. Layla's sister is next to my wife, Cindy, Hoda. So you've got Amir, Hoda. Yeah, okay, you can pray for Cindy and Mark. And then Layla and Avina. And theirs is an interesting story. They were not Christians at all, but they both, when they got married, realized they didn't know each other before that had been arranged for them they got married and they found out that neither one of them liked Islam both hated it and he was a teacher in the university an instructor in agriculture and he began making comments why is it that the women sit over here and the men sit over there what is with that why is it that we have to go through Ramadan all the time I hate Ramadan and he'd make these really anti-Islamic comments and the professors came or rather the administrators came and said by the way you don't you don't need to come back next time you're no longer welcome your comments have caused quite a few problems and we can't defend you and so he lost his job right at that time their daughter got sick she was 11 months old the the doctors couldn't heal her they put her on a uh, a regimen of antibiotics for a month some of the strongest antibiotics that you can give a human being without killing them. And they, all, they just really messed with her uh, immune system. A whole month in their city, that didn't work. They went to Tehran. Doctors said the exact same thing. They did the exact same thing for a whole month. More antibiotics. Zero effect. Zero. They went back home. A friend had called and said, listen, when you do come home, Come see me because there's some friends we have. We'd like to talk with you. We think we have something that could be good for your daughter. It's like, yeah, okay. So when she got back home, she called her friend, lived in the same apartment complex. And she said, "Uh, you know, there's a group of us, and we really believe that God hears us when we pray. And we want to pray for your daughter. Would you come and let us pray for her? Said, yeah, why not? They didn't know. They don't know anything yet. They go and they find out it's, it's a it's a group of Christians. And they're praying and, and meeting in secret. And the leader of this group, the Christian mullah, the pastor, comes and he lays hands on this little girl, Avina, that you see. And he prayed for her healing in the name of Jesus. They had no clue about Jesus. No clue. No interest. But they prayed for her within a month. Oh, by the way, her legs had had become so large. You see her little hips there. That's the size of her legs at that time. And one of her legs, instead of being straight down, had bent out. And she was in extreme pain, super high fever, crying all the time. But one morning after... They prayed for this little girl. One morning, mom wakes up, Layla, 
wakes up and she hears her daughter calling out to her. She's in the crib in the room with mom and dad because they had to take care of her all the time. And she was saying, Mama, Mama, look. She was standing up and her legs were straight and the swelling had gone down and there was no fever and she was a happy little girl again. They said, wow, what is this? And it came to them, Jesus. Because they prayed in the name of Jesus and they laid hands on her in faith, believing that Jesus hears, knock. And the door is opened. Seek and you'll find. That's what they believed. And they had minimum faith. Just minimum faith. Jesus the healer. That's really all they knew. Later on, one evening, they're driving to another one of these meetings. They had to change the meeting place all the time. You could never meet in the same place twice. You always had to change. Go to different places. Because the authorities would figure out, somebody would say, aha, a group went in this apartment two times, three times in so many, in such a you know, time frame. Aha, something's going on there. So the religious police would come. What they didn't know was there was a spy from the religious police in their group. And so one evening they're driving along and Amir, who's driving, notices there's a motorcycle coming up behind, beside them. Not behind, beside. This is very dangerous because in their part of Iran, when you see a motorcycle coming up beside you at a, not trying to pass you, then you know this is dangerous. This could be a shooting. Because that's the way they take care of vendettas in the Arabic community. And they actually lived in an Arabic community. Arabic Iranian community. And he finally figured out this was about to be bad because he saw a gun. And they started to shoot at the car, at his family. And so he swerved to the left, hit the motorcycle, knocked it down, and took off. He never knew what happened after that to the, to, to the driver and the rider on the motorcycle. But they were shooting at him and his family. So they went down the road, they ditched the car, they covered it up, and they took off. They got a, a little, you know, just a taxi that was coming by, and they all ran off. While they were in the taxi, his mother calls him. He says, Amir... You need to run for your life. He said, I don't know if this is true or not, but you have now been accused, you and your family, of becoming Christians. I'm sure it's not true. So go to the police and tell them it's a lie and save yourselves. But if it is true, run and don't ever come back. Because right now, the fa your father and your wife's father are meeting with a cousin who's part of the Iranian, uh, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard of Iran, who is a family member. They're meeting right now to discuss what to do with you, and that I've been listening, and the decision has been made in order to restore honor to our family. You have to be killed. But I'm sure it's a lie. Please go to the police and tell them. He hung up the phone and, he, and they, they ran for their lives. They ended up in Germany. We met them four years ago. We meet with them on a regular basis. I, I've met with Amir, talked and taught and you name it. It's what I learned from my teachers in high school. I was so, so fortunate to learn.
Love the Word of God. Seek the Word of God. Follow, obey the Word of God. I always, in my preaching, I mix a little Farsi, a little English into the Farsi, and <clears throat> I've come up with a phrase, Tobe and obey. Tobe? Tobe is to repent. The message of Jesus is to repent from your sin. It is not an easy message. He's not Mr. Nice Guy sometimes. Not. It's a hard message. To, uh, uh, repent from your sin. Admit your sin. Repent from it. Turn away from it. Stop doing it. The same as John the Baptist. And so I was thinking some more. I like the phrase, Tobey today and obey today. Yeah? Now. That's the message for us. No matter how old you are or how young you are, it's that. It's Tobey today. And it's obey today. Amir and I have worked together many, as I say, many, 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 many hours. He has learned much more than you could ever imagine. You know, early on, early on, uh, excuse me, um, he said to me, Mark, you know, I come every Friday night to the uh, discipleship course. He said, but we have so much time on our hands in the camp. And we really want to learn more and more. Would it be possible that you would spend more time with us to teach us the Bible? So, you know what I did? Miss Judy, I said, I'm going to give to you what was given to me. You go home, and you and your family study First John, and then you come back to me when you're ready, and you teach me everything you learned. The three of them, the Amir, Layla, and Layla's sister, Hoda, took First John and made six sessions out of it. And about a week later, they called me and said, we're ready. I said, you're kidding me. No, we're ready. They're brand new Christians. A few months. And I said, you teach me. Now, I imagined that would go pretty quick. Big mistake. They came to our center. And I sat there, folks, eight hours. And listened to them teaching me First John. That is what God is doing in this family, and quite, a, uh, quite frankly, quite a few families. Amir has become one of our key teachers. Next week, yeah, next week he will teach in my place in Giessen in the church. He has taught before. He will keep teaching. His message will be signs of a healthy Christian, thankfulness. And the reason he's especially thankful these days is because he, his wife, his daughter, and his wife's sister have all been accepted now in Germany after four years of the asylum process waiting for the German government to give them permission to stay. Finally it came. They were first rejected. They were totally dejected and so depressed. But now... They've been accepted. In fact, Hoda, the one wearing the shirt, I want to be free, and that really describes her. She was, they were accepted the week before we left, and she was accepted just last week. So we're really praising the Lord. My wife, Cindy, has a lot of opportunity to minister to women. Uh, one time I was thinking about what she does, 
And I, I came up with a phrase, walkie-talkie. Cindy's ministry is a walkie-talkie ministry. Go for a walk and have a nice talk. And they go out in the woods. They go to the park. They go other places and um, have an opportunity to, to hear the stories of Jesus. And they resonate. Oh, how they resonate. Probably the one that they, they love the most is the woman at the well. Everybody loves that story in John chapter 4. They love that story. Jesus talking to a woman that resonates. Jesus talking. Jesus the Holy One talking to someone who is not holy, who is actually seen as being dirty. Jesus having a conversation. Jesus drinking water that this woman touches. And gives to him. Have you heard some of the stories? In Pakistan, there have been uh, killings of mobs when a Christian has touched the cup of the Muslim community. Maybe she drank from it, and then they drank. And they said, ah, you filthy. You have defiled us. And they kill her. That's happened so many times. In Pakistan, Jesus drinks from a defiled woman's hands. And he's totally okay with it. And then his disciples come back, what is this? They love this story. They just so resonate. Layla, whose picture I showed you, and Amir were married 13 years and they had no children. They didn't want to have children. Because Layla said, I do not want to be responsible for the possibility of bringing a woman, a girl child into this world to have to live in Iran. Because it is so bad for women. But she had some problems. She went to her gynecologist and he said, you need to have a baby and that will solve the problems. They thought long about it. And they decided to go ahead and go through it, go through with it. And she got pregnant. And she was never more depressed than one day when she went and they did the sonogram and they saw it was a girl child. She just cried and cried and cried. Now, she loves that baby. But she didn't want to bring a girl into this world and curse her as a girl. And be the mother of that cursed child. But God used that child to bring her to himself. And to bring the family to him, I should say. Cindy works with our German colleagues as well. And in this picture, you see Iranians and uh, you see uh, Afghans especially together. And you see some are Muslims wearing the hijab, wearing the headscarf. They come and they hear the stories. They hear straight out of the Bible the stories of Jesus. It's called Frauentreff, meaning women's meeting. And here they're in the park in, in Gießen. Sometimes they're inside, you know, all these things. This is Layla again. And Cindy has been a, a mentor for Layla. Reading, discussing, praying... And Layla, I will tell you, both Amir and Layla are easily 
two of the strongest Christians that I know. A lot stronger than a lot of Germans, <laughs> quite frankly. And I would say probably a lot of Americans that we know. But really love Jesus Christ. Really love Jesus Christ. Now we can go on for a long time. And uh, I will not abuse you too much. Uh, but I just want to say how grateful we are that this church gives us the opportunity and the privilege to represent you before the refugee communities of Europe. A lot of my work is preaching and teaching, and that takes an immense amount of, of effort to be able to do in Farsi. Hours and hours and hours for just one presentation. But that's not all that we do. Somebody calls, I get calls, I get messages all the time, usually starting at 10 o'clock at night when I want to go to sleep. And uh, that, that can really take, take a lot out of you. Somebody needs to go to the government office for registr registering their marriage. Somebody needs to go uh, get a birth certificate. Somebody needs to go to the police to report a lost document. Uh, somebody, uh, somebody else needs to go to the hospital. They're sick and they don't speak enough German yet. And so they drag me along so I can help translate for them. Or somebody else... Uh, I, I mean, the, it just goes on and on. They need lawyers. And I become their, the point man for finding the right lawyer for someone. And then I have to go to the, uh, to the lawyer's office with them and help translate and, and help make sure that they do what the lawyer says to do. And then I, I, get, I have the opportunity to go to the courts and to help convince the judge that they really are true blue believers in, in and followers of Jesus Christ. I went to the court for Amir and Layla. I was never prouder in my life than to sit there and to listen to Layla proclaim him. Him we proclaim to the atheist judge. And she was... One judge said one time, imagine I'm a Muslim. You come from Islamic Iran. Imagine I'm a Muslim. Convince me right now. Try to convince me that I should become a Christian. This was another fellow. His name is Mehdi about five years ago. And I was in there and I was in the back and listening. He, it was fantastic. He went after the judge. You need to be a Christian. You need to believe in Jesus. Seek him and you'll find him. He's the righteous one. He'll take away your sins. He'll forgive you. You'll have eternal life. And the same thing with Layla, the same thing with Amir and Hoda. The judge said to me as I was sitting there, Dr. Irwin, I don't need you here. You can leave, okay? And so I left, left the room. But they said later, the lawyer told me, he says, this, this woman's an outright evangelist with that judge. And, and the lawyer, who's a Christian, he said, I saw several times where you could just see the Holy Spirit grip the judge by what this young woman was saying. Because she really came to faith in Jesus. And she really grew. This is our privilege. And you have a role in that. Whether it's Brent praying 
by name for these people. Whether it's giving, whether it's helping in any other way, you have a role in this that we can proclaim him. The hope of glory, Jesus Christ in us. As I said, the stories are endless. But this one family shows very clearly what God is doing. And what a privilege it is that you've not only sent Cindy and me over there, but that the work that God is doing, this is, again, the the work of the Holy Spirit and the acts of the sent ones, and that is that now others are taking up the, uh, uh, what is this stuff? Taking up, what is it? Baton. Taking the baton, and they're giving it forward to others. When we have our two-hour Bible studies on Friday, you know, most of the teaching, really, most of the teaching is done by the Iranians and the Afghans. I have maybe 10 or 15 people in the room in front of me. I have my laptop in front of me connected to Zoom, and I've got another 10 to 15 on Zoom, and we're all interacting together, and somebody in the room will say something or ask something, and then all of a sudden, Layla pops up. Oh, Dr. Mark, I want to say it. I want to give the answer, and she gives the answer. Iranians teaching Iranians. Or an Afghan asks a question, and one of the Afghans on Zoom says, I'd like to make a comment. Afghans following Jesus Christ. Uh, I was in Armenia recently on an evangelism trip. And the last day I was there, I got a a message on my my cell phone. And it says, uh, Dr. Mark, I am uh, an Afghan refugee sitting in something like a prison camp in the United Arab Emirates. The U.S. uh, airlifted me out of Kabul. You remember Kabul? You remember the airplane? Remember the people? The guy who eventually, unfortunately, fell off and died, but he was hanging on to the airplane. Everybody's chasing the airplane. You have that image? He was there. He was one of our friends. The U.S. airlifted him out. He's in a camp in the United Arab Emirates, and he said, would you give me permission to listen to your... uh, Uh, what would you call it, your teaching online because we have it all recorded. You can listen to it. It's in Farsi. And I said, sure. And so now he's listening. A fellow wrote this week, Mark, send me the link because you need a link to get to the Zoom. Send me a link so I can listen. I, I came to your church service last Sunday. I wasn't there. I was here. But he was there and he said, I got transferred out of Gießen to another city near Frankfurt, but I want to come, and I want to hear, and I want to learn about Jesus. Would you send me the link because I want to participate? This is happening all over Germany. This is what God's doing, and this is how you're involved. And we thank God for each one of you. Please pray for us. Uh, I'm here with my wife and also our daughter. She's a missionary in the Philippines. And she uh, is a midwife and a, and a nurse, so you can keep her also in your prayers. Her name is Hannah. Can we pray together? Lord Jesus, we worship your name. We exalt you and we lift you up. You're the creator. 
everything has its being and its existence in you because you're the Logos. You spoke it, and it is. You spoke it, and we are. And we worship you, and we praise you, Lord Jesus, that we can proclaim you to the Gentiles, to all the nations, that you are Lord, you are Savior, you are King, Alpha and Omega, we worship you. We pray for our brothers and our sisters in Iran and in Afghanistan who want to follow you. Pray for those who are waking up to your voice. Touch them today. Holy Spirit, speak to them. Guide them that they can come to your light, come to your word, and come to hope and faith in Jesus, in you. Lord Jesus, we pray for the church, the growing Persian German church and the Persian churches throughout Europe. We pray for revival for Europe through the nations that are coming as immigrants who will find Jesus and follow Jesus. We pray for them. We pray for Amir and Layla and their family and we pray for others like them that they will take the baton. They will move forward. They will represent you. Faith in Jesus. And they'll follow you. Thank you for this church. And may this church continue to reach out St. Clair County, Jeff County, and beyond. Reaching the nations. Giving the hope. Knowing Jesus who abides within us. I pray in your name. I pray in your power. May we all together toil and struggle that we can present everyone mature in Christ to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in your name. Amen. Thank you, Mark. Let's stand together and sing to the Lord and rejoice in the Lord.